The fifteenth short story, The Burden of Choice. Powell was a righteous and thoughtful man in his perverse little way. He had a way of moving and living that not many could match or understand. I was attracted to him, but I didn't fully understand why until much later. Attracted to his physical appearance at first, and an intense attraction to his intellect and his intense deliberations. Stupid, I suppose. Irrelevant, irreverent, whatever. A night of intrigue and Tinkerbell fairy dust in the Hacienda Heights. He was a producer for some indie film company based in Northern California. He had a lot of strange ideas, ideas that I was frankly inspired by and others that concerned and disgusted me. He began our conversation on free will and limitations in the cinematic industry by telling me that, in his mind, the physical act of sexual reproduction was not only a depraved version of Adam and Eve doing the dirty in the Garden of Eden, but it was also a very deliberate representation of God and the church body. The genitals represent the holiness in the church, he told me boldly in the living room of my friend Thomas's party. Powell was working on his fourth gin and tonic, and his words were slurring more and more gradually as the night progressed. The spunk is the Holy Spirit brought forth, all-consuming, divine, pure as the driven snow. And he smacked his lips several times, and presented that infantile, smarmy smile. Bless us, O Lord, for this bounty we are prepared to receive, he cried out in all stateliness, reaching for the plate of sardines and crackers and nibbling on the tails of shrimp. Salt spray on his lips, but he did not bother to lick it off with his purple tongue. Crusty lips and scattered thoughts swimming in an ocean, beginning to take the shape of a towering monster of philosophy. I believe that time is fleeting, and so are people. Mind you, I am not so bold as to say that people themselves are indispensable. Do not call me Hitler, brother. But I do believe that there are far too many people to be aware of and concerned with on this earth, and that one must limit the scope of their concern towards others. Someone in the next room had turned up the volume to Bowie's Let's Dance, and I was finding it harder to focus on what Powell was saying. You mean that we'd go crazy thinking about too many people or something? I clarified. We'd go straight out of our skulls, he said enigmatically. We need to limit ourselves. Through limitation, we experience sharper focus and clearer freedoms. He grabbed me by my jacket collar and tried to pull me closer. I shook him off and slapped his hands away. His gaze dropped to the floor, and he was aware that he had just committed a social faux pas. Sorry, he said in his slur, head back up and rosy eyes returning to me. I just, I just care a great deal about what I am saying. I'm pretty sure that everyone cares about what they're saying. Right. He nodded confidently. He continued, Listen to me now, 
We live in the age of Netflix. Too many movies to pick from, you see. You and I spend our whole evening flipping through the selections, trying to find the right movie, the right TV show, the right documentary. Left click, right click, down click, type in a title or director. Unavailable. You and I spend the whole night trying to find something and fall asleep before we even start. Too many options, right? I nodded encouragingly, purely to keep his flow of thought and words moving along their destined path. But let's go back in time. It's the 1990s, say. There are TVs and there is VHS. Pretend you are out in the woods in a cabin on holiday and there are no books on the shelves. There is a charming coffee table and a kitchenette area and there is a couch. There is a small grayish-green Zenith TV and your choice of three movies on cassette. Dazed and Confused, Oliver, and The Sound of Music. Which film do you choose? Dazed and Confused, I told him. So you have decided to watch the movie Dazed and Confused. How long did it take you to make that choice? About a second. About a second, he echoed grinning widely and cracking open a canned beer. Now let me follow up with a few more questions. First, would that have been your number one choice? Out of all the movies that have ever been made, would Dazed and Confused have been your top choice for that evening? No, I answered promptly. Very good. What would have been your number one choice? And there I located myself in Hacienda Heights. Standing there in the living room of my friend Thomas's place, thinking of hypotheticals with the philosophical film producer. Standing with legs wide apart, tuning out the 80s playlist. Keeping my eyes on the murky shapes, willing themselves to become solid entities before me. I would go with the Shawshank Redemption if I could pick any movie in the whole world. Right enough, fair. But the Shawshank Redemption isn't available, is it? Now here's the question. Would you have had a better evening watching Dazed and Confused almost immediately or the Shawshank Redemption after an hour of searching for it? Probably Dazed and Confused now that I think about it. Exactly, he said with all validation. And this is because during the entire time of streaming a movie, you are never wholly satisfied. There will always be that voice in the back of your head telling you that there is a better and more satisfying movie streaming elsewhere. You can never fully enjoy the movie you have in front of you if you are always thinking of the other thousand and one movies floating around unopened and uncared for in the cloud. The grass is always greener on the other side, I said agreeably. That is exactly it, Powell declared. That is why we have more options now than ever before, and yet we have never been more dissatisfied and depressed. Our attentions are more and more divided. There is always something better out there. We have become miserable and enslaved by choice. The burden of choice, as I put it. We may only become liberated through intentionally limited selection by and through our superiors, the cinematic 
entertainment-running entrepreneurial overlords. Because we do not have the self-control or the holistic power to limit ourselves, especially in this obesity-ridden country we live in known as the United States of America, the United Assembly of More, the United Country of Me, Me, Mine, the United States of Indulgence, the magical land of supersizing your Coke and fries will never do it, you see. We'll never have the willpower to intentionally and soullessly limit ourselves. We just cannot do it. We'd like to tell ourselves that we can do it, but we can't. We'd like to imagine that we have this kind of intergalactic utopian follow-through to delve into this bold new enterprise, but we don't. That is God's cruel and honest assurance to his people. I couldn't help but see the irony in a film producer criticizing the path his own business was taking in regard to how the populace interacts with the entertainment industry. I told my new acquaintance Powell as much. And a fine point you make, brother, he told me with a slap on the arm. I'm on my way out of the industry. I like money well enough, but I cannot sacrifice my conscience anymore. Working in a business turns you sour, especially when you are sitting at the top, looking out over the world. You're tired of watching how the hamburger is being made, I said. You hit the mark right enough, brother. He threw his can of beer to the floor and cracked open a new one. Powell put his arm around me, and I allowed him to keep it there. He guided me to the porch, and we stepped outside into the refreshing evening air. The smog had all but settled into our baby lungs, and the lights were twinkling along the curvy hills. Do you see all these lights? I would be blind not to. Right enough. Loud belly laugh, belly full of sloshing beer and riddled with ginny gin gin. Every one of those lights ahead of us on the hills is like an idea in the human brain, a fairy notion fighting to escape from someone's head and into the world. Every one of those lights is like another option in the distance sent to burden us. Too much light and you'll burn those pretty eyes of yours right out of those sockets in your head. But focus on one light ahead of you, that one there. You see it? Sure, I see it. Now stare at it. Focus. I followed his instructions, and after a few passing seconds, he placed his clammy hands over my eyes. Blackness. A well. And yet the light had worked its way into my brain, and it was flashing before me in the nothingness. A lighthouse to you, my brother. He whispered in my right ear, hands still held in front of my face. A candle for you in your castle. Focus on this candle with good faith and be content. Take from it warmth, clarity, solace and sink into the now, the holiest of before yous. He withdrew his hands, and I opened my eyes. 
snap, I could see 